Whenever you get done with the show tonight, do us all a favor. Jump over to power the number two, theground.com and check it out. Jesse has been working pretty tirelessly. I saw that he put up a new video. Um, I think if I remember right, going through all the videos that I was watching today on the race, I, I think that's Malcolm Stewart's GoPro helmet cam from the heat. I think is the one that he, that he put up this week. It's uh it's captivating. So especially when it's in that big on the screen, it's uh it'll get you, it'll get you stuck just sitting there watching it. Get you primed. Oh yeah. Get you all ready to go. And then, uh, Want to give a big shout out to Sean over at Bro Taco Hot Sauce, BroTacoFoods.com. Don't forget to use code PTTG for 20% off your order. He has a great lineup. He has the uh, avocado serrano, the pineapple habanero, yep, and the brap sauce with the PTTG logo. I think I'm a little bit far away from my camera for you to actually read the labels, but the brap sauce is my go-to on everything. I absolutely love it. We also have Sunstar Sprockets and Chains. Uh, you can find them at sunstar-breaking.com. Do me a favor, shoot an email over to the support guys. Uh, it is support at sunstar-breaking.com. Let them know that PTTG sent you. PTTG, I feel like I see say too many T's every time I go over the acronym, man. Uh, <laughs> Let them know PTTG sent you either Tiller or Sean or myself or Jesse or Steve or anybody. Uh, it doesn't matter. Let them know. Uh, they will hook you up with 30% off, which comes in pretty handy, especially on a consumable part like uh, sprockets and chains. Don't forget... We do pickums every race. We got some coming up here pretty quick. What next race is tomorrow? I'm not used to doing it on a on a Monday, so my timeline is a little screwed up, folks. I'm sorry. This is our first Monday show. We are gonna try to move the review show to a Monday, so people like me don't forget everything that happened on the weekend race. Other than that, Tiller, how you been, man? Been been pretty good. This is a crazy weekend. Turn it around real fast, you know, but, uh, you know, you had a pretty interesting weekend yourself that I did. I, uh, I decided to basically fall out of the air, 185 pounds from a couple feet up and land right directly on the top of my four wheeler, broke my wrist, scrambled my egg a little bit, chest hurts, back hurts. I think the quad is all right. I don't know. It, I don't remember a lot about it. It was a hard wreck. So it's, uh, trying to type with no fingers on one hand. <laughs> so if you see me doing a little dance across the keyboard, that's uh me trying to keep up with you guys with one hand. We're going to we're going to give it the old go. Um I don't know. The one thing that I do want to say is thanks to Bell Helmets and the O'Neill chest protector that I showed off on sh on show and tell last week, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> like that this job that thing yeah, that thing definitely helped. Uh, that and the the flex bar having such a large bar pad, I think that really helped kind of displace a lot of the uh, a lot of my weight going straight down on the top of the handlebars. Uh, Could have been a lot worse, man. I got lucky. Yeah. So it's uh, I don't know if anybody that was at the track that helped me out 
is listens to this show but if you do i greatly appreciate it and thanks for being patient with me while i was trying to figure out where i was at and what i was doing so it's uh enough of that though nobody wants to see my little gimpy hand you know i just need a bowl of mashed potatoes <laughs> but it's uh, uh it was an interesting race so i was on the track at the same time that the supercross race was going on so i've been cramming all day trying to catch up with it um sunday i, w I was i was hung out on the couch a little bit um and i didn't get around to re-watching the race uh, i was just trying to trying to get my bearings back so i went back and and i watched most of it today uh luckily not watching it live i can fast forward through a lot of the track prep time uh -huh. which takes it from like three hours down to maybe an hour for the whole show yeah um but it's uh seemed like a really fun track though i i was definitely digging the track i like the open air the super speedway stuff i think is so far is my favorite supercross tracks i really dig this one in the fact that they can just get so many different things in one track effectively one one lap right oh, yeah instead of having to be like you know because i feel like that's part of the track design too is kind of we want to do all these things, but what really fits together, you know, you want to have different things in the track, but here you can have, you know, two whoop sections and not feel like it's taking up the whole track, you know, two decent yeah. whoop sections too, not like, Oh, we did two little ones. And yeah. So I think this, the speedway, especially this one, um, even supposedly being bigger than Daytona, so many different things all in one track and just covered all. Oh yeah. It was definitely, it was entertaining to watch. And I think, uh, Dirtworks did a great job of sealing the track because they knew the rain was coming mm -hmm. and i think that really added into it especially when they got to run some uh run some bikes on it and really run the track in it, i think it came out excellent it by the time they the mains came around it the track looked prime like it looked pristine usually you see it just completely destroyed by then and the heats are when it's nice yeah this time it was a little backwards uh the heats were disgusting and the uh the mains looked amazing. So, yeah, the, I, you could tell they, they really, there's something like this clearly shows that they know what they're doing. And I don't know the exact details of it, but I imagine there was probably a lot of kind of like, hey, we know the rain's coming. We just put dirt out here this week. Maybe we don't need to water it as much on Friday, you know, so that when the rain does come, it's there to soak up because that's another part of it is this, this dirt's so very different than a lot of the other dirt that they ride on. Um, yeah. So I'm sure there was a lot of it too. And that played into why some of those first races were crazier. Um, oh, you know, yeah. It's got that real heavy clay base uh, that made for a lot of interesting stuff. Um, even watching some of it right now, I'm looking at, I kind of forgotten how well those, those sand rollers uh, held up so well throughout the day, considering how, I mean, I guess when the sand gets wet like that, it's going to hold up a little bit better maybe, um, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, that's the bad part about that clay is you get just a little moisture. That top layer gets moisture and the bottom doesn't. That stuff turns into almost like a mirror, mm -hmm. you know, and it's that's kind of what I was battling with this weekend was the same thing. It was clay that got just a little wet and it turned into ice. And a lot of the like, I think I was hanging off the side of my quad, like full pin, just sideways, trying to play with the throttle to get it to steer. You yeah. know? And it's I felt. I, I definitely felt for him 
in the in the heats because it looked like a lot of those guys were doing the same things. And the guys that could hook up and make the jumps flew past people. Like it wasn't even like Coop was a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it made it made a big difference. And that's that's the thing too. I still I'm still amazed that the slickness of the base didn't come into play as much in the main events with the amount of rain they got there and how the track looked in the first part of the day. They were able to keep clearing the top, move stuff around and play with the heat. And I, I still remember when I was sitting there watching the race and you could see the sun actually came out. I got audibly excited. Yeah. <laughs> the sun was there. I was like, it's gonna get even better. Oh yeah. And you know it had to be hot and muggy too after mm-hmm. the rain down south. I know it was hot and muggy up here. So I can't imagine what it was like down there where it was probably even warmer. Yeah. I mean, that makes for long days all by itself. It's just dealing with that humidity. Every breath you take is like, I don't know, somebody's spraying a mister in your mouth. You know, it's just so wet and heavy. But, I mean, do you want to jump into the uh, the 250 main results real quick? Yeah. The only thing that that I really found in the heats was – Cooper jumping that pretty much made him run away. And then McAdoo acting like the tunnel jump was a play place and kind of sliding off the side. (laughs) Oh man, that was, that was a pucker moment when that happened. Just like, it looked like he was going to save it in the weirdest way. And then you're kind of hoping that he wasn't, he was going to clear it while he was sideways. And then when he caught the little bit, man, that wasn't, that wasn't, it could have been so much worse. That was, that was an a plus on innovation during a wreck. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we got a uh, in the uh, in the mains though, we had old Nate Thrasher coming in first place, Cooper coming in second place, McAdoo coming in third, Hammaker coming in fourth, and Kyle Peters coming in fifth. Which there's a couple, uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's at least two names that stick out in that list right there that um, I'm glad to see up there. Kyle Peters puts in a bunch of work. You know, he, he's off of a smaller team, uh, Phoenix Racing Honda. And then you have Nate Thrasher, who came from B-Class, racing Loretta's and Minio's and stuff like that, straight up to this is the first time he's ever, first year he's ever raced on, like, big boy supercross tracks, you know. And uh, he definitely... He definitely came in clutch. Uh, it, it's hard to say, though. Uh, Cooper looked fast, but according to him in the post-race press conference, he was uh, <laughs> he was really beat up by the by the main. He said he could feel every like bump and bruise on his body from the wipeout in the heat. Yeah. So, and I can imagine that wasn't a wasn't necessarily a nice, easy roll down the tunnel jump type of wreck. You know, I mean, he he really wiped out pretty good. So just to see him back up there and able to finish out the whole main, I think, is quite a testament to his endurance, I guess you would call it. I, and just it, drive, you know, I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's in a championship setup, so he's not going to pull up, I don't know, like a – a blast and just be like, I'm going to pull off, you know? Yeah. He's, he's not that, but it kind of also makes you wonder too, you know, if he's in that much pain and can ride through because he knows he's in the championship. Yeah. That's, 
it's pretty good because you know th- you know there's guys out there that would just pull off just because. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, when I was listening to the um, post race press conference, it was also uh, Thrasher was super humble. Like he really took that win very well. You know, I mean, we do have some characters in the 250, both East and West, that they. I wouldn't call him humble, you know, mm-hmm. but, but Thrasher was definitely, I mean, he was a professional, you know, it was, it was really nice to see. And it was nice to see that, uh, he said he got pretty much all his like late in the race when you're winning. The only thing that goes through your mind is hit your marks. Don't wreck, don't screw it up. You know, like I just got a one lap at a time, one turn at a time, one section. And he said that, uh, looking to guys like, Justin Cooper and Will Hahn and, and those guys really drove the inspiration into him when he needed it the most, you know, yeah. like, so I think I, I thought that was really cool. That was a really cool shout out, you know, for Coop while they're all sitting there kind of round table and, and then, uh, yeah, it's pretty, I mean, yeah. So like his, you know, his podium, obviously you get a guy like him, you know, he's, he's rocking, he's had 11th, 20th, 10th, nine nine all of a sudden the first you're not expecting to give a podium interview that day you know regardless of whatever he said about yeah i was feeling that you know i thought i could get on the podium kind of thing and we're all like ah you know maybe maybe not um you know you get up there on the podium it that kind of shows you just got to come up with that on the spot you're either just going to freeze and say nothing or you're going to have you know a kind of real humble moment or if you're lucky an ap moment um but then also too you know we'll get into it but ap showed potentially later in the night that that's kind of one of those situations where it can really make a break, especially on a track like that, where you really got to focus on hitting your marks while you're out there leading. Cause you know, a guy like him after the season he's had so far, you're getting out there halfway through the race. You're realizing, Oh crap, I actually could win this. Oh yeah. You gotta stay focused on hitting your marks. Don't worry about, Oh crap. I could win this. Stay focused on, Oh yeah. I know what I'm doing. What I'm doing got me here. I need to keep doing this. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, Thrasher and, AP also respectively are, are no strangers to winning on various levels, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, but that's a lot of weight, especially for thrashers first win. Now it's, now it's out of the way. Now you can stop worrying about that. You can just show up, do your work, you know, uh, just focus on basically every lap, you know, mm-hmm. not the race as a whole, break it down into small laps, you know, um, just focus on that so this key thing now now he knows he's like nope i I clearly can do this it's there i have the ability my bike setup's not totally far off and he looked good while he was doing it too i think that's important especially in kind of a sloppy ish race conditions Mm -hmm. you know i i wouldn't classify this race as a mutter but i wouldn't classify it as like a clean typical supercross you know, maybe like a early summer or early spring, fall moto type conditions, you know, mm-hmm. um, where there is quite a bit of moisture, you know, but I, I don't think I can call it a motor like some other people are doing, you know, no, you can't call it a motor. I'm looking at Cameron McAdoo on the podium right now. He went down in the race yeah, in the mud and his pants are dirty. Yeah, like well, he, he kind of like baseball slid on the top of his bike though too. You well, know? yeah, but I mean, you know, he went down, he hit the ground. 
So yeah. like on top of A riding in it and then B touching yeah. touching the ground directly, he's not covered in mud, you know. Yeah, that's very true. That is very true. And then it's uh what other notes did I have? Oh, speaking of McAdoo, he said the reason he didn't do as as good as what he thought he could do is he just did didn't feel like himself on that track. Like it was a big, long, drawn out track with lots of different sections, you know. Um he said he just he wasn't feeling like it was supercross or something yeah. like that. I can't totally I mean, I could, recall quote for quote, but I could see that. And part of and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about and carry as a theme into considering the results and all of that tonight is that when was the last time no press day, no practice, one qualifying session, straight into the longest track they've got to memorize. Yeah. You know, so it's not just that it's the longest track and we're testing our endurance. It's not like, you know, Redbud where you've got the track memorized. Maybe they throw in a one or new thing. This is a track that's two times as long as the past three tracks you've raced at. You've got to memorize all of it. Yeah, you can sit there and look at a camera, but the conditions yeah. are literally changing every second over the course of the day. I could totally feel just even thinking about you know, riding, and you probably know it too. You're out there. Sometimes something happens in a place you're uncomfortable with. Just that tense feeling you get when you're riding. Obviously, these are professionals, yeah. and you break a wrist, bro. Yeah, that's what and, happens. Yeah, <laughs> and so you're just out there riding tense, and you know you're feeling it. And the second you start to get that doubt in your head, and you're just not feeling the conditions. Oh yeah, I could totally see see that being the case, especially for some of these younger guys. Yeah, they've ridden years more than I have. Um, but oh, yeah. I I don't think it's that far of a stretch. For them to, to and it's 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 weird for me because i'm like like i hear it and for what i race there is no practice there is no qualifying you might get to like if you're lucky you get to ride your bike or walk a couple Mm -hmm. sections of a track but for the most part i mean you're ripping through the woods blind on five six seven eight mile tracks you know like you're not gonna you're not gonna memorize at all you know you just kind of hold on and do your best so like it messes with me to hear that kind of stuff, you know, cause I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's like a typical straightaway for what I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it, it is weird when you take like certain disciplines into effect too. And I get it where these guys are in super cross mode, you know, where you can see the whole track from basically five rows up in a, mm-hmm. in a stadium, you know, they're not trying to memorize the whole track or where everything is. Plus, I mean, they're trying to remember where the braking bumps are, where the rut is, you know, what, what lines working, what did I see in the heat? Not that it really mattered this week um, because the heats were so messed up compared to the mains, but I mean, you get what I'm saying, you know, where you're trying to memorize everything that you know to put down the fastest laps that you absolutely can rather than just going out there and, and giving it the juice and hoping for the best, you know, yeah. it's, uh, I've never raced supercross. I don't really like to jump. So it, it's never been like one of my, I'm going to go race supercross right now, uh, type of things. Mm-hmm. So, but I can definitely see where a lot of that will, will play into effect, you know? Yeah, it could definitely be different. I mean, and it's, you know, it's so much different. I think for 250 results of, talking about it you know with those things being so different i don't see everybody else being at more of a disadvantage than thrasher you know like there's nothing to say guys like justin cooper that there's any reason why 
they would be at a disadvantage over Thrasher because everybody didn't get the time on it. So I think the unfortunate part for Thrasher is, you know, when he gets more track time again next, you know, t- tomorrow night and on Saturday night, be like, well, why'd you, why'd you do so bad again? You know, like what happened? I was like, it was clearly a fluke, you know? Um, well, he said he's been battling real bad with uh arm pump and I can get it going from amateur B class to basically professional supercross. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a big jump. The tracks are a lot rougher. They're a lot bigger. Your bike probably has more power than what you're used to. Especially that bike. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially the YZ250. Yeah. You know, so it's, and plus your, your level of competition is that much higher. You know, so that alone is going to, that's going to raise your heart rate and get you to hang on fast or hard, a lot harder too. So I can see where arm pump would come into it. And it, it's just hard to remember that some of these guys are just kids, man. Like Sexton is young too. You got Thrasher who's real young. Cooper, he's a professional 250 guy, you know, but the rest, the rest of those four are all real young i don't even think they can legally buy alcohol yet you know what i mean yeah i think peters <laughs> is the only one or peters might be the only one that can i don't even know if he's that old i think i, I think i think he's older just because he has a a full-time job you know selling cars that yeah like a <laughs> um, yeah he gets the weekends off so i <laughs> can't complain about that yeah this car salesman that gets the weekends off what's wrong with that job oh, oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, but it's it was definitely interesting, especially just thinking about all those factors for 250 guys. You know, they're in their new one, all of it. They've got to go into a whole new event, new style, no practice, no qualifying time, crazy mud. I think oh, yeah. think they all did kind of good. Have all things considered, Rex, non Rex, uh, in the heat and in the main for you know McAdoo. I just oh yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of liked it though where they don't oh, yeah. just sit there and turn lap after lap after lap. And then by the time you get to see them like on TV or whatever, or even in the heat races for the guys that don't watch the, uh, the qualifying it, to me, it made it more interesting. You know what I mean? Cause you don't have where they know where everything is right now. You have to actually use like race intelligence a lot. Oh more. yeah. Cause even as the track conditions changing, like even if they lip rode the hell out of it, during the one qualifying session they did get none of that stuff matters because they weren't blitzing the whoops, you know, like in yeah. the races and stuff and saying things are changing so much more dramatically. They didn't get worn out qualifying two versus clear free practice. You know, everything, it was all so different. It was just kind of exactly like you said, it's, we get to really see who, who knows how to ride the bike and just feel it. And in the instances where race, uh, race intelligence matters, you got to see them. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's not saying that the guys that didn't finish on the podium don't have race intelligence. I mean, there's obviously a tremendous amount of luck involved. But Oh, yeah, yeah. If you get a bad, especially, and that was the thing, every single one of these races, if I'm not mistaken, had a terrible first-turn pileup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. every heat race, every LCQ, every main, all of them had a first-turn pileup. Not like three guys, you know, at yeah. least three guys, if not more. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely a luck thing. It's some of the guys that don't get the opportunity to show their race intelligence because they just weren't around anybody because of a pile of yeah. nasty track. Yeah, for sure. But, um, it definitely provides some opportunities there. 
Yeah. And then, well, we got the, the 250 points. Uh, well, we got, I can barely read that. I'm not wearing my glasses because otherwise they glare up we real got, bad. We got uh, Cooper with 131. Cameron McAdoo with 127. Hunter Lawrence with 118. Julie Swole at 108. And Seth Hamaker rounding at the top five at 107. And even then, March Banks is still in sixth place with 102. Yeah. So your top five there is kind of where, where the possibilities have, uh, or six. You know, five is going to be exciting. Seventh place is 20 points back. So they're just, they're not there. Granted, March Banks probably isn't going to win a title, but he could, if Club X gets top three, you know, the championship, that's pretty, pretty good. For them. Well, the top three in these are only, what, one race could cover the whole spread. Oh, yeah, for know. sure. Yeah, if Cooper, Cooper messes up in the next three rounds, you know, he is effectively, if something happens to him, Lawrence and McAdoo are tight, you know. And okay. with the way things are going, it's uh, could <laughs> um, with the way things are going, you know, it could. Who knows? They've had swaps around. They've been up at the top, at the bottom. Point deductions. This has been far from a runaway for Cooper. Um, he's oh, yeah. been clearly the most consistent without penalties. So, and it's I the mean, same Hunter's way with Hunter it. too. Yeah, I mean, well, all Hunter needs is a bad race, and he's down to fifth or sixth place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got he's got to keep doing good. Yeah, but with one bad race from McAdoo or Cooper, you know, like if if Cooper right uh, going down today or McAdoo going down tonight would have went just a little bit more further south, Hunter could be right there. Oh yeah, yeah, and he looked pretty strong in the heat race too. He's putting on a clinic out there in that mud. Oh yeah, that was, yeah, that was the that, one where he just like just clicked up a gear out of nowhere, right, and just kind of took yeah. off. Well, he started hitting the doubles when nobody else was, and yeah. I think Blair said the guys were making up like nine seconds a lap for the ones hitting the doubles compared to the ones that weren't. That's insane. Yeah, the time differentials when they started, when you could see those clearly difference between the guys that were starting to do stuff when the other ones weren't. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because I think, yeah, I remember seeing that. I remember it now because Hunter was doing it and you're all just kind of like, where is it? Where is he getting this time from? And you were really worried like, okay, yeah, everybody else probably could do that too, but are they not doing it because they're scared? Or is he just like, I need to, I need to get this done. Or is he just feeling, feeling confident? Combination of all three, I think, man. Yeah. He might've accidentally did it the first time or did it out of need the first time and then figured out it's not that bad and just started sending it on everyone that he could, you know? Yeah. So confidence think, or blind confidence. It's, it's still the same, it, you know, works out the same sometimes. Uh, confidence is still in the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's still, there. it's still there. And then, uh, let's jump over to four fifties real quick Big before boys. we get too deep into the, uh, end of the weeds here. So the 450 results, we have Tomac, Sexton, Webb, Anderson, and Ferrandez. Ferrandez in the top five. <laughs> yeah, He's which there. sounds weird with the 450s. Not a 250, but the 450s. Yeah. This was a uh, definitely an interesting race. I, I can't say it was highly entertaining per se i mean it definitely had its times uh like ap going down which actually a little uh a little word from tomac on ap going down when he saw ap going down that was the only time he knew he had a chance to win or even like finish in the top two of that race yeah he said ap checked out there was zero chance that they were ever going to catch him until he slid out 
which I thought was pretty crazy, you mm-hmm. know, like, and it's, uh, I mean, it makes sense. AP was, he was gone. He was checking out. He, that was his race. Um, unfortunately it was his race to lose also, you know, but it's, uh, what can you do? You know, it is racing and it looked like he just, I just lost the front a little bit or the peg dug in or it was yeah, something. You can see it when he, I was watching the replay again this afternoon and just the front wheel, the way, the way he landed, um, there was a really big rut there and it just kind of, yeah, it, it, it was, he weird. could have, he could have avoided <laughs> it, but you don't really expect that to happen. So, yeah. And then, uh, interesting fact that I also saw, well, first let's, let's kind of get into the, eh, we'll wait a second. We'll go back to the interesting facts. Sorry, my brain's all over the place, folks. I, I apologize. Right. <laughs> so uh Sexton in the in the press conference, he straight up said he rolled the double because when he went past the finish line, he thought the race was over. Yep. Yeah, he thought he saw the white flag on the, the previous lap. Yeah, which as we remember a couple two fifty races ago, I think it was Indy. That he mm-hmm. very well could have, and nobody caught it except for the racers, you yeah. know. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a uh, look back. Yeah, so it is. Uh, that makes a lot of sense as to why he kind of rolled the double because he thought it was over, and then all of a sudden Tomac is still just on it, and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta go," you know. Yeah, when I saw it happen, I thought it was, you know, because the way he went over that one double, he he kind of was a little whatever because he thought Tomac was going to land on him. I got scared just watching that part. And so I kind of thought that maybe he thought somebody else was still right there or that maybe because when he passed Cade that for some reason Cade was still on it and he was just kind of rather play it safe than get landed on, you know, almost get landed on twice. And I thought that's what happened. Um, Yeah. Because, I mean, nobody else was close enough to him that he thought that there's five guys coming. But it just looked like he was kind of worried about it. Yeah, there was no way of knowing. And uh, it was – Definitely kind of a little interesting to hear him think that he thought that was the last one. The other thing I thought was interesting is he actually watched Justin Cooper, the whole 250 main, to figure out if he could jump blitz or where he could blitz the whoops on both sections of that track, which I thought that was pretty entertaining. I was like, that's something that nobody ever talks about, you know? So, I mean, you have like, a couple of the guys where they'll be like, do you watch like in the 250 class where they'll be like, do you watch the four fifties just to kind of pay attention to what's going on in the next years, blah, blah, blah. When you move up and they're like, not really, you know, and yeah. 450 guys, it's, I've never really hear any talk about them actually watching the 250 guys. Not really. So, no, it's uh, I thought that was very entertaining, you know, and it's I thought it was to say he picked out Cooper. You know, yeah. it'd be different if like, you know, AP was like, hey, star buddy, you know, let's let's talk about how it was a track out there, you know, right before you went. But for Sexton to RSA, yeah, I wasn't watching Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I definitely thought that was entertaining. You know, it's uh, like I said, it's it's something that you just never really hear of, you know. And the other thing was for Tomac to pretty much say, like, yeah, I'm out of the championship. Like that kind of caught me off guard too. Or he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, yeah, anything could happen, but theoretically I'm out of the championship. Like I'm done. Like it's, that yeah, was weird to hear. Back. Yeah. 
it, it was just weird to hear. And we still have four races, so a lot can happen in four races. But at the same time, to hear somebody just outright say, I'm pretty sure I'm done in the championship, like there's nothing I can do with two more races where you, you would think he could run away again, mm-hmm. you know, or at least win. I wouldn't necessarily call it this last one a runaway, but where, yeah, where he could at least win. Uh, it, it's hard to not hear him say, like, yeah, I think we still at least have a shot, you know? Yeah. I, that was just weird to me. I, it, I yeah, was I can like, definitely say that it's weird to hear, you know, coming from the defending champ. You yeah. Know, his mouth to say that. Um, yeah. Yeah, we could go all day about whether it's better to just, you know, act like you're going to win it all the time um, and whatnot. But I could definitely see how it's how it's weird. Uh, or do, do do we want to talk about Tomac winning or just he won, he won, and it's on to the next? I mean, he didn't really say anything about it. He was just kind of like, yeah, I won. You know, I, I got in a lot more words. He pretty much said that he got lucky. You know, it was. I don't, I couldn't disagree with him any less like i just yeah i I don't want to he he won the race that means he was there he won the race i will not take that away from him i don't think he single-handedly won this race yeah and it was i mean we still can't count webb out either you know i mean webb is the probably the most headstrong person in that paddock and any given week i think i'm pretty sure i heard it Webb effectively said if he didn't say it, I could be making this up and that there was talk about it, but how do you not just be like, well, I don't need to push it. You know, he knows at some point that Kenny's so far behind. I don't, I don't need to win this race. And that's where we're at in this championship. He just needs to finish in front of Kenny. That's really all he's got to do every week. You know, and it was, uh, what I thought was kind of funny as well. I was kind of clicking through articles sitting on the couch yesterday um i came across an article that had decoster quoted that said webb might be the most mentally strong rider slash person that he has ever worked with in his entire career that gives me excited knowing that decoster said that yeah which i thought that was a a huge pat on the back but it's kind of what we've been talking about with webb all the time like he's I wouldn't say he's good with head games, but his head game is that you can't mess with his head. Mm-hmm. You know, like he can get in yours all he wants, but you're not getting in his. And I think that is a substantial head game compared to anybody else in two fifties and four fifties. Yeah. You know, so, and, and then for, for, for DeCosta to say that means something. Cause you know, half the time when you hear talk like that about a writer, it's kind of hard for me not to be really cynical and be like, well, maybe this is just one of those things that now everybody uses the term because Mastis said it one night. Yeah. You know, like with the whole web's a gamer thing, like, yeah, I, I don't know. You know. That term could mean so many different things, but like, you know, so I, there, so there's days where I wonder like, is he really headstrong or is he just really good? And now everybody thinks he's headstrong because he's good. You know, so like you could easily go backwards on that. But when you get somebody like DeCoster that says, no, legitimately, this guy is so mentally strong. Especially for, you know, how many people has DeCoster worked with over his career? A lot. 
Picasso was racing with count. like Lars Lindstrom way back when Husky and KTM first came to the States, man. Yeah, DeCosta was literally an OG motocross guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, was that like so pretty- 71 or 73 or something like that? Like he's mm-hmm. been around. So for him to say that, is it? I mean, I know if he had said that about me, it would add a little bit more pressure. Like, oh shit, I'm doing something right. I can't change, you know? Yeah, but, yeah somebody like DeCosta says it. Yeah, but I think that what he said is true, and you could kind of tell in the in the press conference where even Webb was like, "It doesn't even matter," you know. Like, I'm just gonna go out there and race. I'm gonna do my best. I'm it, what everybody else says doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't care. And I think that that is his true feelings. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Nobody cares what you have to say about Cooper Webb if you're Cooper Webb. You know, yeah, his demeanor so. pretty much displays displays that. Oh yeah, and then uh, what was it? I saw another one that I thought was pretty cool. Oh, Webb saying that he accidentally got a really good gate pick that everybody else kind of looked over that gate, but it probably had the best rut coming out of the gate. But because it was on the outside of the doghouse, everybody just walked right past it, and he had ninth gate pick. So eight other guys walked past what Webb called a pristine gate just to be on the inside of the doghouse, which makes I've sense. Heard that happen a couple of times for some people where they've said, yeah, like, you know, somebody passed up because it wasn't in the traditional good spot for that type of start, but they just weren't looking at all the yeah. other factors in it. Yeah. And Mine I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. It, that's exactly right. You know, and it's uh, like, Personally, I prefer a little bit to the outside to kind of cheat in so that I can get a straight shot into the apex. Anyway, that's just me. You know, I mean, yeah, you might get stuck on the outside, but Cooper is a good starter anyway, so he doesn't really have to worry about that. And with the doghouse to the inside, that's a nice little gap right there anyway to work with, you know. So yeah, even if there is like one bike on the inside, chances are when they take off, they're going to cheat into that gap anyway, which is going to open you up a little more. All you have to do is get off the line faster than the guy to your right side, you know, and then you're pretty golden. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's a lot of the start, too, is, you know, I think it's not too far of a stretch to say a guy that's is clearly mentally strong, as we're talking about Cooper Webb being, you know, part of the start is when you're sitting there and you're looking at all those guys funneling into one corner, part of each of their decisions is who's going to who's going to fade first. They all yeah. have to make the decision. Is he going to hit the brakes or am I going to hit the brakes? Oh yeah, it's and a big I game of chicken. Web being the bulldog guy, being like, "Oh yeah, nah, man, it's not me. <laughs> like I'm not There's... hitting the brakes unless the guy in front of me is hitting the brakes." Well, even then, he's not guaranteed to hit the brakes. You know, this is also true. <laughs> but it's uh, I mean, there's only a few guys on that are typically on that line that I would not like to start with, especially like to have on the outside because you know they're coming in, and that's Bam Bam. Webb and Tomac. Like, mm-hmm. you're not moving those three. I don't care. You're not moving them. If Tomac gets a start, he's a cinder block sitting in the middle of the track. You know, yeah. like, you're not moving them. And, and bam, bam. Because, like, those are three different guys with kind of the range of body styles for riders. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're all giant men. Yeah. I mean, it's Barsha is like knee high to a grasshopper and weighs about as much as a popcorn fart. You know, I mean, he's tiny. He's like the size of a 13 year old man. Yeah. But 
that bike is a weapon underneath him. <laughs> and Anderson found that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's I, that's the big difference there. And it's, I don't know. Th- those three, though, would they would definitely have me hitting the brakes first. You know, the rest of the guys, I, I wouldn't want to hit them also. But at the same time, I don't think it would have as disastrous of effect of running into those three. Yeah. But I just saw I just saw Plessinger go down again. It's what what it was is when he landed in the rut, his rear wasn't in line, and just with that track, and you could see it too when it cleared out. It just left a slick underneath it, and it wasn't in uh, line. It hit the gas, and the rear just came out and just cross rut on him. It's like a yeah. backwards cross rut. Yep. Yeah, just slid in, and he when he went over that next little hump, just wasn't wasn't it. Let's run down some points real quick before we forget. Oh. Some four fifty points. Four fifties. We got two nine Webb in first place with two ninety six. Ken Roxon, two seventy four. Twenty five points behind. Almost that's a full a, race. That's one race. Yeah. And then Tomac with two sixty. This is the thirty thirty six points behind. And then Barsha's in fourth with two twenty seven. AP is in fifth with two hundred. Yeah. So he is Even he's definitely far and above his points total at this point in time last year now. Now that we're into that Salt Lake territory where everybody was doing riding not themselves necessarily, or most of the pack wasn't. Um he's he's definitely far and above where he was, which is a little bit different than compared to when we looked at it, you know, a few weeks ago at around round so ten out of seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, he's I mean and Mookie's right behind him too. Those two linked up, if I remember right. So it's yeah, he's at one ninety one. So I mean, Yamaha has to be happy with that, you know. I mean, yeah, for them to have two potential, yeah, like a one top five now and a potential of two in the top five. Um, you know, we've got six manufacturers now. The four Japanese, seven manufacturers. Big yeah. four, KTM, Gas Gas, Husky, seven manufacturers now for Yamaha, Yamaha to have potentially have two in the top five. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now, unless you count KTM and company, uh, we have almost all of them covered right now. The only ones that we don't have in the top five is what? Suzuki Husqvarna and, Husky. and Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, that's pretty cool. I don't know the last time that's ever happened. You know, maybe that's something that uh, we can look into for some some stat stuff, man. Absolutely. I don't know. We'll we'll mark it down. I'll probably forget. So <laughs> it's uh, other than that, I mean, that's pretty close to it. If you if you are listening, our little live counter topic thing is in uh. It's not telling us how many people are listening. So to us, it's just me and Taylor talking like we usually do throughout the week about races. You know, uh, I can see that uh, Jesse and Sean both joined us, which is great to see. But uh, tell us your thoughts on the race, like uh, two fifty or four fifty. Um, we'll try to get into them. You know, I mean, I don't really, except for Bam Bam doing Bam Bam things. That was really the only, the only other big thing that 
I really wanted to talk about where well the in the four fifties too talk about you know Bam Bam. I I mean I still don't know how much of that was really his fault on that first corner. Um, it's I think it's more of a kind of what happened is what happened. Um, yeah. In it, but if we're talking about that, you know, you see clearly a camera shot. Barsha, Roxon, Frandis all on the ground at the same time, and we were talking yeah. about this before we started the show. Frandis finished in fifth place and he was yeah. in last place in the first corner on the ground with Roxanne and Barsha. Yeah. Not even on the track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, you know, he came all the way back through the whole pack to get, to get fifth and Barsha ended in 10th and Roxanne ended in ninth. So he, he was feeling it um, that night. And I think, I mean, I mean Anderson was ride. feeling it too. He got, did you see the pictures of his bike after that? Which one? Anderson. Oh, he yeah. Snapped yeah, he, the shift lever off and bent the peg all to hell. Yeah, for him to finish in fourth, finish in fourth with only third gear. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, I don't know if that's <laughs> just lucky because of the track or, I mean, if that's also rider skill because you can't. There's some of those corners, some of those nineties, especially right there about where uh Plessinger crashed. Not a third gear corner. Oh yeah. And that's what what did he just say? I'll be surprised if Tomac doesn't sweep Atlanta. Doesn't sweet Atlanta. Well he, he, apparently he's guess he would, guess it would be on sweet on Tomac if he did did sweep Atlanta. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I'm still kind of holding out on it. It's uh, I'd have to see a dominant performance on the second one. Yeah, that's. I think I can't say Tomac wouldn't pass Sexton, but I can't say that he would pass Sexton to win that race. Cade Clayson, I feel bad for that kid, man. I mean, he's a home state kid, and he is just wrong place at the wrong time. I, it almost looked like he tried to give Sexton the the bottom of the track. Well, Sexton even said it in the press conference. Like, it just it happened. Did, he didn't blame it on Cade. You know, he, yeah. he said it was partly my fault too. I mean, they both were talking about it. Cade in his post race interview was just like, "How am I supposed to know what to do when I'm kind of battling for my best 450 main event finish?" Battling was a little bit of a stretch of the word, and then they yeah. were just aggressively and unaggressively waving blue flags at him for three laps. Yeah. You know, he turns around, go into the corner. Sexton's at least four bike lengths behind him. You don't assume Sexton's just going to pile drive right in there. You know, I mean, yeah, he could have just solved like, oh, Sexton, let me pull off. But also at the same time, I'm Kate Clayson. I'm in 17th, my best 450 main event finish. Yeah. Kind of holding strong. And three flat or three laps, even if it's, I can see maybe if it's one lap, maybe three sections, I could see waving the blue flag. But this has been where these guys have been griping about this the whole time. If you're going to use the blue flag, use it consistently. Yeah. And you could see it too in that, in that section, you could see there was a, there was a yellow flagger on either side of that little kink. Yeah. Keyword. They only had yellow flags. Yeah. Right there where a key spot mattered before the finish line, the flaggers before the finish line where you need blue flags, didn't have blue flags in their hands. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, and, 
if I could do a breakdown video without getting this kicked off YouTube, I for sure would. But YouTube gets their panties in a bunch every time I do something cool like that. <laughs> but you could see Cade kind of move up to give Sexton the bottom because he, I mean, he's battling for the lead, and you can obviously see Tomac back there too. Uh -huh. So where do you think he's going to go? He's going to go to the bottom, you know. And Sexton didn't go to the complete bottom, which surprised Cade. And then Cade tries to maintain his line so that Sexton can get around him as fast as possible without having to play the let's guess where Cade's going to go game, mm -hmm. which I thought was very heads up riding by Cade. And then as soon as he figured out that he was in between Sexton and Tomac and he found a safe place to exit oh, he the track, pulled he the track, pulled yeah. all the way off the track. Sure enough. Like, like, it sucks that they ran into each other, but... If you actually go back and look at it, there's not a lot Cade could do. And what he did do, I felt was the best for the situation. So you can't really be mad at him, you know? And I mean, that's a lot of weight to have sitting on your shoulders mm -hmm. with people going after him on Instagram and Facebook and, and all this other stuff. But I don't think he did anything wrong. No, you know, like, what do you want him to do? Like, ghost ride it off the backside of the berm? Like, come on, people, you know? Yeah, even if you sat there and criticized him about, like, what else he could have done, it's just that you'd have to reasonably argue that what he did was by far the dumbest thing of all available options, and you can't. But yeah, he yeah. could have done a few other things, like two to three other things there in that corner, but none of them are markedly better than what he did do. There wasn't an obvious thing that he should have done, and that's, and that's the end of the day. There wasn't an obvious thing that he should have done everybody's there's clearly so many different opinions on it because there's so many different things that he could have done. And yeah, I mean, that was probably the widest supercross track that we have seen all year. Mm -hmm. And he gave up the race line, the bottom going into that turn where you probably want the bottom. And I think they were running the bottom in the laps previous to that or prior to that. So, I mean, it's not like he was riding without his head up. You know, he was obviously watching what was going on. He tried to stay out of the way. It just didn't work out. And when he could safely get out of the way, keyword there is safely, he did. You know, like, you don't want to hit the first place guy and then go to leave the track and hit the second place guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's just, I mean, at this point, it is what it is. I mean, it, it was a heads up move, I think. And Yeah, they're not ballerinas. They don't know, you know, Tomac can... Clayson don't ride together every day to where they know, well, if he does this, then that's what I need to do. Type yeah. thing. You know, it's, it, it, it was safe. It happened. It worked out. And yeah, but I mean, to the, the main point, there's, yeah, Tomac could have caught Sexton there at the end. But also, I mean, the part of the thing is, it was, he could a, have not. It could, it, he could have not. <laughs> it was still a last lap pass where he wasn't battling anybody else, you know, the yeah. whole race because Anderson was missing a shift lever. Marsha went down, Cooper went down, Kenny went down, you know, like his main competitors in the top five, top six of the championship weren't there because of a first left incident. Like I, like I said, I'm not going to take it away. Tomac won this race. Yeah. Because of the way this race played out. He didn't, I don't think he like beat Barsha Webb and rocks in the night. Um, and that's where my biggest thing about this week is with the way, how crazy Saturday played out. I do not know what to expect tomorrow night. What's he say? 
Sorry, I was reading. It says old Cade did Sexton a favor going to the inside. The outside was faster, and Tomac wouldn't have been able to cut through Clayson to make a block pass. Missed opportunity for Sexton. Yeah, well, Sexton said that he was going to the inside to prevent a block pass. Like, that was his whole plan was inside, inside, because he thought it was the last lap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if, if he weren't trying to play defensive, it would have been a totally different thing. And that's also part of yeah. the crazy part about this situation is if he didn't think it was the, the like two corners before the finish, he probably wouldn't have done that. So, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, I don't know. I like I see how it all played out and I see most people's like I, I see Jesse, like I definitely see your your side of it, too. But it's. I don't know. Yeah, I think Sexton thinking that it was the last lap. That uh, it definitely, it definitely did. Uh, I don't know. It was weird. That was a weird situation. Like, I don't even, I would have had to sat there and watch the replay a bunch of times to even come up with what to say during a breakdown video. You know? Yeah, and even then, if we wouldn't have had Sexton just come out right and say what he thought was going on during the press conference half the opinions probably would have been way different without knowing what Sexton actually thought was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think Tomac was too far back to make a block pass. Anyway, he would have had to send it full in and super late apex. And that gets dangerous, especially on a track like that, where it was still just a little slick. I don't know if, I don't know if he could have made a block pass happen in that first turn, maybe the second, if he really, if he really, whipped it up top and just let her eat but he was kind of far back i don't know if he could have got it done i'm trying to like visualize it in my brain right now but i feel like he was too far back but that's the the fun part about that section anyways it was part of the things i liked about this track where those those bowls on those corners are huge that really kind of changed up a different line from like a normal kind of 180 bowls those things were so big because this track was so wide it really kind of changes the slingshot pattern of of doing a bull turn like that and even if it wasn't a block pass i think sexton was saying that he was trying to kind of block tomac's potential lines to slow him down not necessarily to maybe a block pass but just to kind of if i'm cutting from inside to inside then he can't get on the inside Yeah. yeah yeah that was like looking back on it i don't know like i can see where Cade was definitely a deterrent for a block pass. And I can see listening to Sexton's interview where he said, I wanted to go inside inside because I thought it was the last lap. I don't know. If Sexton didn't think it was the last lap, would he have went on top of Clayson? I think, yeah, I think, and that was one of the arguments I heard was that I think some of, because some of them were taking the higher line in those corners because it was just kind of a consistent faster that yeah. maybe, maybe he would have went, would have went higher. Yeah. I don't know. Now it's got me all thinking and my brain's all broken. So now I'm probably going to get like a migraine or something. I mean, I think that the big thing is that there's, they could have done that so many different ways, even no matter what the yeah. situation was that you know i'm not sexing about the win of a 450 or supposedly about to win a 450 main and trying not to have a you know an overexcited brain about what's going on when there's a lapper in front of me after this you know season of (laughs) the lappers 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was definitely not the same situation of like Roxon versus Wilson. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, that was feel like totally it was the different. same situation there. And I don't feel like it was the same situation of Barsha and Tomac getting caught up with Freeze. No. If that was a weird situation. I don't think we'll ever see another situation like that either. You know oh, no, what I mean? I mean? Where the just, leader thinks it's of, the last lap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because of Sexton's, you know, like, oh, I think this is the last lap. Yeah, it totally changes up what you think would or should have happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a, that's definitely, that's definitely crazy. I, I, I don't even know what to think. Like Jesse brings up good points. You bring up good points. I thought I had it figured out, but of course I got to talk to you guys and I'm like, Hmm, do I actually have it figured out? Maybe I don't, you know, but that's the fun part about this show where we can all just, I mean, it's like garage talk from all over the East coast, you know, East coast. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a, it's a roll of the dice. Yeah. I mean, I just watched it literally just looking at it again. I think it's a roll of the dice, like Dungeons and Dragons scenarios. Like any, anything could happen right there from thinking it was something different and always, always going. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. Oh, and you mentioned the freeze situation. Um, he broke, he broke ribs in that. I didn't find that out to this afternoon. That was a bad wreck. He had to have launched like 30 feet. That was a horrible wreck. Goggles flying off. Dude, his whole visor was gone, which doesn't say much because most of the modern day ones, the visors just flip off anyway, Hmm. you know, but watching him fly and like contort and not get caught on the bike, but just get completely slingshot was pretty graphic, man. (laughs) Like that could have been way worse. He landed exactly like down to the degree to minimize his injuries. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. It could have been, it could have, it's just, it's just the way he was flying. It could have been neck head. Oh yeah. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. And just, and Max is just sitting there like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know, you you know, Max knows somebody was right behind him, but oh, yeah. all of a sudden you're on the ground. Yeah. Well, it looked like he lost. Sorry, my wallet just fell out of my pocket. It looks like he he broke traction and then kind of got on the binders to get the rear wheel back under him. Mm-hmm. And then Freeze just didn't have time to react and just. Oh yeah, there was no catapulted himself. They were so close. He was he was on the inside. He was getting ready to go outside. And right as he was getting ready to go outside, Max's rear wheel steps out and just catches it. Like you can't <laughs> you almost can't choreograph that. It was like a video game, man. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Poor poor Freeze. There's man, a lot of hate for Freeze no, like it's, on the internet right now, too. Yeah, that's the sad part about it. It's like, and it's the same thing with all these other scenarios or like the laughter stuff. It's like you guys are just hating just to hate. You don't. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I hate talking about haters and stuff, but like this is just the one thing where it seriously sucks to be freezy this year on yeah. so many things. Yeah, I seriously wonder because I think some of the conversations have been, you know, he's, is he, you know, he's, is he taking up a spot? You know, he's, his results aren't that great. He's, he's like pretty consistent, but, you know, he's consistent, but, I don't know, maybe after this year. I don't know when his contract's up, but... I mean, the thing is, like, with the whole... 
he's taking a spot scenario at the end of the day he's qualifying for mains and there's plenty of other dudes putting their stuff back on the trailer that didn't qualify oh yeah no with his starts you know, I'd, I'd keep freezing on over some of those other guys yeah you know like i don't want to hate on shane or anything like that but you know while you've had all these other guys going and now you got boss quitting races you know yeah. I'll take Freezy, man. Freezy's getting started. He pulled some six starts last year on that bike. And oh, yeah. he's, he's riding a brand new bike this year for the whole team. I'd keep him. And he's still not doing bad starts, you know? No. I mean, but it is, I mean, I don't know. Does Is he taking a spot on a team? Eh, no. You know, because I think he's the glue that's kind of holding that team together. He's the vet. You know, he's the guy that's that's going out there and doing a lot of their testing. Mm-hmm. Some of those other guys, I don't think they're just nearly as good at testing as he is. You know, I mean, he's taking one for the team riding the 21, not just for him, but like for all the Honda guys, mm-hmm. you know, and that makes a big difference. And then on top of that, I mean, he's just had bad luck this year. That thing with Barsha and Tomac. It's hard to blame him. Barsha kind of pushed the envelope on that one, you know. Yeah, at best it's a 50-50. Yeah. And then what was the other one that he had where we like, oh, that was definitely freeze. I can't remember what it was now. I know there was the one race where the two the two restarts and his bike, you know, went off. Like the second one, it looked like he was doing something, but that when he launched his bike the second time, oh, uh, on one of the early races, the track. he was trying to avoid not <laughs> landing on Chisholm. He thought he was yeah. going to kill Chisholm, and he was like, I had to send the bike, and it looked like he yeah. was doing something stupid. And it's like, I mean, well, maybe that, he was doing something stupid if he thought he was going to land on Chiz, but like, also at the same time. He landed on A-Ray, too, didn't he? At Indy, when A-Ray dumped no, it. No, A-Ray that... landed on his bike. Oh, is that what it was? Because, yeah, because they went over that giant double. Yeah. Vince went down first, and then A-Ray just landed on his bike, because remember, he had a piece of Vince's bike stuck <laughs> stuck in his bike. <laughs> oh, Yeah. That's another guy who just has horrible luck this year. And those two being on the same track together, it's just a matter of time when something bad's going to happen this yeah, year, unfortunately. Yeah, been good, but also I think A-Ray's kind of the ones where you're like, were well, you inviting the bad luck in, you know, yeah. by like riding the piss out of your bike too much? <laughs> I don't know. If I had to take Freeze or A-Ray, I would probably take Freeze. To be oh, honest I would. With you. Yeah, if I, given those two, I would. Not because I think A-Ray's a bad guy, but no one... No one else rides a bike as hard as A-Ray does. Nobody's blown up no. multiple motors. Yeah, even Tomac, and Tomac's notoriously hard on equipment. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think they need to have a running tally. Uh, the team that A-Ray is on, they need to have a running tally of the inside of that door, how much money each guy's brought in versus how much they've spent. I definitely think we need to see a weekly or a race tally. After oh, every race, the on the door of the total of the parts bill. Yeah. yeah, they just don't update it as often as what I would like to see. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, did you hear that? Um, when Swap Moto did the April Fool's joke for them supposedly like closing because of a race parts bill, so that was like their swap. That was their uh, April Fool's joke was you know because of a race climbing parts bill, the teams having to shut down. It was an April Fool's joke on April Fool's. They ended up, you know, calling April Fool's later. But poor SGB, some of their sponsors ended up calling them, being like, "Hey, wait, what? Why? Why are you closing down?" <laughs> like, oh so no! They had, to, they had to go out and like say, like, "No, no, no, no!" Just like, "Hey, we, you really need to know this was an April Fool's joke." And then oh, I didn't some, hear about that. Some cover up. It was kind of, it was kind of funny because I mean, the April Fool's joke was. 
I mean, I thought it was pretty clear that it was an April Fool's joke, but for some of the sponsors to like freak out and be like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see it turned into what should be a funny joke to an epic joke, I guess yeah. is what I would call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, for sure. that is pretty funny. That's, uh, I don't know. Maybe I, Jesse did bring up a good point to run back to the comments. He said, we always have the website to put up a breakdown, man. Maybe, yep. maybe I do throw together some clips for the breakdown, man. And we just find some time this week and help me out with it so that we can get both sides really break it down, dude. Done. It's up to you, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, it was a pretty straightforward race, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay up and watch it, but it's uh, yeah, I don't drink know. Your rain a few hours later. I oh man! Work. If I drink one of those things after like ten o'clock, I'm up the whole night. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just and I already have trouble sleeping because I keep hitting myself in the face with this thing. <laughs> and it's not a hard cast yet. It's still just like the soft cast until I go to the specialist. So yeah, for the like, listeners, he's talking about hitting his hitting himself with his cast. Yeah, my splint, dude. It's not even a cast yet. I won't know until tomorrow if I get actually casted or if they have to cut me open. But it's uh, I keep hitting myself with the hard part, and then I'm a stomach sleeper. So like I'll roll over and like sleep on my stomach, and then I'll put my head like right on my wrist, man, and then I'm up. <laughs> like it hurts dude yeah i'm a i'm a left side if that were me right now on the left side normally if i do the the left side arm thing yeah i, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night <laughs> and then like i'm constantly worried about like whacking my wife in the face with it like when i roll over because now i'm like consciously like holding it away from my body when i roll at night i'm like i'm just gonna clap her right across the face with the hard like bottom part <laughs> only because you know it hurts you more than it would hurt her <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh man like i don't want to do this so i'm trying to be all conscious about it my sleep's all messed up man yeah but it's uh yeah i mean i don't know what else do we have i don't I doubt we're gonna be able to get together to do another uh review show for the Tuesday night race, which means that it's kinda on Jesse on Friday to kind of review at noon, review and preview, I guess. Um we talked about trying to do it on Thursday. I got I have my my kids down here. Maybe I can get them to like chill out long enough to do a quick show. I don't know. Maybe I can have them sit here with me. They'll like that. But we they want to touch it. everything. Yeah, talk, I mean, it's a crazy week. It's hard to fit these things in when we got three races on one week, or or maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll be working at home on third or on Friday to help out. Um, yeah, we could talk about it. we got all week. Uh, it all depends on what happens tomorrow night. Maybe tomorrow night's the most boring race ever. Doubt it, but yeah, I don't see that one happening. <laughs> no, the no. one thing that I I didn't bring up because it didn't really fit with kind of what we were talking about, but. ET saying that we definitely need to the evolution of supercross is going to the super speedways, man. And I can't I can't disagree with that. I think if if we can't get the manufacturers to chill on the bike development, that's not gonna happen. It's gonna I mean it's a thing, you know, and it's yeah. just I don't think they're going away. I think now no. after this with the way I saw this race going and the way I imagine the next two are going to go. Well, Atlanta's plus, not, Atlanta's not, not a hot market. 
We're not going yeah. back to Mercedes Benz anymore. Yeah. Ninety nine percent sure about that. So if this one works out, maybe this is a thing and then maybe we get more of them. I think the only downside for Feld is money from the fans. Unless they yeah, really but, work out the whole Daytona, pack them in on the You can there's so many stands right there on the front stretch though. Like I go to a lot of NASCAR races, man. You can fit so many people there that you could legitimately have like a whole stadium full of people just right there to watch that portion portion of the supercross are you talking about sitting seats in the stands or are you talking about just standing there like they do at daytona just seats in the stands like right up by the front stretch you yeah. know and the grandstands? yeah dude there's oh. so many seats there i mean if you think about it when you're talking like nascar circle track the start finish line is where everybody wants to sit anyway mm -hmm. so yeah that's where most of their seats are um, a lot of them like, yeah, I'd like i just didn't imagine that the quantity of seats in a grandstand section like that would equate to like the number of seats in the mercedes-benz all the way around all the way to the top i just couldn't imagine that it'd be the same amount of seats I'd i mean look I, into that there's a lot of seats plus you figure those tracks are so long when they put them in there. So it's not, mm -hmm. you're not just talking two or three sections. I mean, you're talking with Atlanta, you could go from the end of pit road to the end of pit road. I mean, you're talking 10, 15, 20 sections going up four five, six stories high at least. Yeah. I'll have to look at that later and see, but I do know that the benefit of the super, if they do it like Daytona, even if, even if the seats equal the same, now yeah. that I'm saying this, because this is a normal year, go back to Daytona. They they pack them in like sardines down there on the on oh, the yeah. actual asphalt too. So that's a big plus. Uh, yeah, and you know those tickets aren't cheap. Not no, even a little. No, they're cheap. not. You know, actually, the funny part was I was thinking about it now after watching Atlanta on Saturday. One of the first camera views I saw, I thought I would pick a really good height level because I was like, I don't want to be too high. And then you're too now high. Seeing where the camera was, I was like, I'm not. I don't think I'm high enough. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, you know, like the you get the angle of the stand, and obviously I'm a little bit further away, but now just seeing like where the cameras are and stuff where above my seat, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll be I'll be able to see fine, but I actually think that I would give up a little bit of sitting back to get a much better angle on the well, on don't the forget some of those cameras are like one point five zoom, man, so it's kind of deceptive well the the zoom for sure, but I mean, I'm just talking about the angle, like I thought they were just too high, oh, yeah, and oh yeah, I don't. I don't think where I, I was don't... at with Indy, there was a couple spots where I couldn't see. I was close enough to see seven-eighths of the track, or far enough to see seven-eighths of the track, but close enough to still feel involved. You know, mm -hmm. like, I could see, like, the whites in their eyes, man. And, like, I would definitely... I like sitting close, though, you know? And that's why I have, like, you guys on the Discord and stuff like that to be like, oh, wreck in the corner that you can't see. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, and that's the same thing. And there's plenty of things you can see, you know, like when you saw the Marv thing with the red flag yeah. that we oh, could yeah. see. And that's the same way when, when I go to Atlanta, you know, I I prefer there's usually behind the finish line jump. And then like last year, Atlanta, I couldn't see behind the, the over under because of the way yeah. they lined up where I was sitting. But I was sitting so close to everything else. Like I was sitting in that sweet uh 180 in the sand section or into the sand section with the wall yeah. and it was being that much closer in in a general good spot there i always try to get in the first corner just for that action um it's a it's definitely worth it but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to get the speedway experience after doing georgia dome and mercedes-benz for i want to see him bring year. back like charlotte motor speedway i want to see him bring that one back you know yeah. maybe 
maybe Texas Motor Speedway. That'd be cool. You know, there's a lot of really nice speedways that have that same kind of setup. Like they could probably do it at like Phoenix or Pocono, or there's a lot of speedways that have potential to build a cool supercross track on. So hopefully Feld takes this stuff seriously and doesn't just write it down to, oh, we have to do it because of the old Coronas, you know, like, yeah. I mean, you can still do it for the Coronas, just do it for the cold one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but another one like, I heard they could have jokingly um, been saying it, but Bristol, the, the whole, you know, they got that infield right there in the middle. It's so small. There's no buildings there, really. Yeah. There's, you know, like one, but they've got that whole infield, and that's a that's a stadium where you could sit and they could build a pretty sweet track around that whole place on yeah. the inside. Yeah, I mean that would be cool. I don't know if Feld has the uh, has the pull to make it happen, but it would still be cool to do. You know. Yeah. But it's uh let's run down some of the uh, some of the awards real quick. We haven't done oh, yeah, that yeah. yet. Your bro taco sauced it moment, which we both agreed. Let us know if you don't agree or if you have a better one. But we thought March Banks and the 250 main with the whoops wiped out. He sauced that landing. That could have been 10 times worse. The way that both. bike just came around. Dude. Oh, yeah. And I thought he was going to get launched. Just nuts. Yeah. He just gracefully landed in between, yeah. those, in between <laughs> the whoops. It's like he's done it a million times, man. He knew exactly yeah. what was going to happen. He practiced at a club mix. <laughs> right. And the Sunstar drive of the race, uh, Ferrandis, from last to fifth in the 450 main. It was impressive, especially because, I mean, it's Ferrandis. We haven't really heard a lot about him in the 450s. And to see him really put in, put in the work to get it up there. Not that he can't do it week to week, but. You know, I've I've had this written down as a thing I want to look at to see, and I think I'll wait till the end of the season to really tally it up to make sure. But I'm pretty positive he's got the most net position gains over the whole season. He's had at least three or four races now where he's been in the back and just gassed it. Um, he's just has bad starts this year, man. Yeah. Tomac would be up there too. He's had some bad starts and and came through a lot of people. Yeah, he's been through a lot. I don't know if this has been. I guess it's obviously not the the Tomac, you know, race drives that we're used to seeing when he when he guesses it and comes back to first, you know, type thing. But uh, I don't. Maybe it's just because they don't get talked about as much as Frandis. Because Frandis will be up there sometimes. He'll fall back again and then make it back plus some. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say, I'd have to say I think I'm going to predict that before I do the final math on it, I think that Frandis has got the most net Overall. passes at the end of the season. Yeah, net yeah. position gains. It's a possibility. We'll have to figure that out. You're the stats guy, man. Yep, I've got that one written down. But I was going to look at it ahead of time, but I think it's pointless to do before the end of the season because that'll be a fun, yeah, one to look at at the end of the season. We only have a handful of races left, so it's closing up fast, man. Four more. I can't wait for oh, the yeah. shoot out. Oh, man. And then uh, also the new preview show. We kind of hinted at it earlier. Fridays at noon Eastern. Uh, come hang out with Jesse. Uh, possibly some of the crew. All depends on schedules and whatnot. Um, 
I will most likely be in there in the comments talking smack because that's what I do uh, to get all of the news before the gate drop for Saturday's race. Um, come hang out with us. Uh, I can't type as fast anymore, but give me a couple months and I'll, I'll be back to typing fast. So to learn to use the text to speech on the phone is yelling to YouTube. Oh yeah. But then I'll end up like gopher sauce, 450 Tomac. People will be like, what? My mom uses that. And sometimes you're like, what? Like, it's not even, I don't even understand what you're trying to say. You yeah. know? But it's, uh, yeah. Other than that, I mean, I don't know. Do you have much else, man? I don't yeah, really have anything else. It was, uh, it was a pretty straightforward race. So, yeah, I think tomorrow night's going to be an exciting comparison to see what it looks like when they get all the, all the qualifying time, all the practice time. Uh, the track's not that much different as far as the layout. They they changed up the kink uh, there before the finish line. Uh, for it, or according to the track map, obviously it's subject to change a little bit, but that's the biggest change for this race, other than obviously changing up the individual rhythms with the, the layout effectively is the same. Um, I'm really interested to see how this plays out differently with a, a track that, maybe Webb's more comfortable on and he's like, you know, I don't mind pushing it on yeah. this. Uh like to see Barsha, Anderson, Roxon, Ferrandis all come around the first corner, not on the ground, to see what a proper, you know, top five battle looks like tomorrow night. Yeah, I based on what we saw this last race, I really think the top five and points have a chance to have a top five battle in the next at least two races because they're uh -huh. all going to be pretty strong. Uh, the only one that I'm not a hundred percent about is Roxon. You know, I mean, he's got to bring a lot to the table tomorrow and, and Saturday. So I don't know. Uh, it feels kind of weird this year to go do one of these shows and not really talk about Roxon. but what is there to say? Like, I mean, he just didn't perform. You know, he didn't perform good and he didn't perform bad. So what do yeah. you say about him? I mean, like, it's the thing. He's he, he he is now officially in a position to where his finishing position has to be above Webb in these next three races yeah. for it to not be called at the end of the sec or first Salt Lake City championship. If Webb finishes above him in the next three races, Webb claims it early. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean I don't know. He's got to stop being mediocre and start being K-Rock, dude. Put on mm -hmm. the suit, dude. Go to the back of that closet, get that suit, and just vibe, man. Yeah. And I, I think we'll – I don't know, though. I'm, I'm not a – I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't know what's going through his head. It's got to be a lot of pressure, though. He's an NSX that he can drive to the track every day for the next five <laughs> rounds and just, right? just listen to some sweet metal in the car that you know he loves rocking out to and just – just turn it on. Isn't he a reggae guy? No, that's the crazy part about him. He's reggae and metal. Oh, dang. There's got to be some weird hybrid band somewhere that's like reggae metal, dude, or like Jamaican metal. Oh, you know he's found it. You know he's found it. <laughs> right. yeah, he, he had a really funny uh, video on Instagram the other day, him and his son doing a sweet uh, drum session to a Slipknot song. That was pretty great. Oh, and then like, the next to... day, I think they had a reggae one, too. So it was... <laughs> uh, I have to go. I have to go back and look at it, man. Let's uh, let's do the rundown real quick. 
uh, and close this thing out, man. I'm going to go take some more acetaminophen and, <laughs> and hang out for a bit. So yeah, these bright lights are not being kind to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but after the show, don't forget to run over there. Stop at power, the number to the ground.com. Uh, Jump in pick'ems. Even if you haven't played all year, jump in, get a feel for it so that going into the outdoors, you know what to expect. Um, and come, I'm waiting for Tiller to put together how bad I did this weekend. I know on Rocky Mountain, I only scored 46 points. So I have, I, I mean, this week I could have theoretically dropped all the way back to seventh place if I had a bad race. That's yep. how close the pick'ems are. Uh, got a great group of guys in there. They're all they're all gamers man i've never seen a fantasy anything where you could like what is there six points in between first through seventh place yeah i mean it's this is right skindred yeah 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 pick them yeah Yeah, i've got to get in there get ready um i'm still trying to think of today i was thinking on the drive home what kind of what kind of prize can i throw together for a, a little bit extra incentive to bring your friends to play outdoors with us Oh, uh, speaking of prizes, bro, we forgot to talk about the trophy. Jesse got that sweet trophy that he oh, finally yeah, showed everybody a picture a of. We saw that, saw that trophy. Dude, that don't is... trust my brain right now. I don't trust my Ooh. brain right now. <laughs> it is, uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty sick trophy. Um, it I is. Think Jesse affectionately called it a potential. I don't know if I can say that on the show. Um, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty yeah. heavy. It, it is looks heavy. It's solid. It's clean. Um, it's awesome stop over at the facebook page if you haven't already and check it out i think he just posted it up on a saturday i think it was yeah, oh, yeah he got for the race the race on saturday yeah yeah, yeah he put yeah. up a picture in the discord which by the way also on power to the ground.com and facebook is linked to the discord yeah come yeah. check us out chat with us uh see doug's crazy photos of his nasty bruises <laughs> They are PG, I can assure you. Totally that. safe for work. They are safe for work, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also, don't forget, while you're cruising the web, checking out our Facebook and our website, just stop over at brotacofoods.com, get you some of the amazing sauce. Uh, like my pre-show ritual all the time, some pizza and brap sauce. Jesse thinks it's weird that I put hot sauce on pizza, but a pepperoni pizza, pizza without Buffalo sauce as the regular sauce instead of marinara with some brap sauce on top. Dude, you haven't had pizza until you've had it the Doug way. So get you some brap sauce, call Pizza Hut, get you a pepperoni lovers with some buffalo sauce as the regular sauce. Throw your brap sauce up on it. It's golden. I just changed your life forever if you take my advice. I, I just changed it forever. My brain um, is literally spinning right now. I, I just <laughs> right. Hey, I was a professional fat kid until I got back into racing, man. If, if when it comes to good food that that isn't healthy for you, I, I got you covered. I know some tips and tricks, man. Yeah. Uh, also, stop over to sunstardashbreaking.com. Uh, hit up the support email. I am still working on the website to figure out the promo codes. Um, not figure them out. It's basically we are rebuilding the whole website right now. Uh, stop over there, hit up the support email, support at sunstar-breaking.com. Use code. It, it can be cryptic. Tiller sent me, Jesse sent me, Sean sent me, Steve sent me, 
Doug was rambling on and on because he doesn't have a promo code for it and how I go about doing this. Um, just send it in the email and I'll hook you up with 30% off. Uh, other than that, don't forget to hit up your pickums and like, comment, share, and subscribe. Subscribe. Uh, right. And sure. And as Tiller said, we are working out some things to try to figure out to to help grow not only pickums but also our audience. Cause I mean, we love having you guys on here to talk with us, especially talk moto, but we can talk pizzas too. As you can tell, I'm a pizza entrepreneur. So it's uh other than that, man, you got anything to say? I mean, look forward to the look forward to the next round. Uh come hang out, come chat with us and let's let's talk about uh let's just talk about moto, man. All day. Are are we gonna jump on the PTTG clubhouse thing on Discord tomorrow during the race? Kind of have like a little unofficial couch cross, dude. Oh, why not? Why not? Yeah, make it easier than tip tapping away for your you can't you can't really check yeah, your hands. I gotta so let's like, make it easy for you. My wife calls me mumble like a penguin because I got like my little flipper right now, dude. And like <laughs> <laughs> like thanks, wife. You're amazing. <laughs> but it's uh yeah, other than that, we'll catch you all later. Hopefully the show wasn't too bad. Um you can always comment on it and come over to the the website and let let us know how bad it was you know but whatever gets you guys there it doesn't matter uh other than that we'll catch you all next time it all begins with this gate drop going on power to the ground folks welcome to the power to the ground media network review show for round 13 atlanta one supercross for 2021 welcome to the show uh do us a favor let us know kind of where you're watching from what platform uh we do stream to uh to a couple different ones i think it's uh youtube and facebook um and while you're doing that please reach over, like, comment, share, and subscribe on whatever platform you are on. We will greatly appreciate it. Um, let's see. Let's 